0: Thoughts are things. So that song, I love that song. I love that song. That song has always represented breakthroughs for me. Throughout my, the last 13 years, since I, came into new thought and came into this drive and desire and passion to be a spiritual leader in this tradition. You know, I, I was saying before, um, the majority of my life I spent as an actor and singer and, uh, and, and, and I lived in New York city for a while pursuing that. I lived in LA for a while pursuing that and nothing has fulfilled me as much as coming into this philosophy and really, making this the point of view of my life to support other people to come into a deeper recognition of the truth of who they are. And so this song has had resonance with me since I first heard it by the original artist who's a guy named Daniel Naimata. He played at the center where I was involved and trained. Um, This is 11 or 12 years ago when this song first came out. And it's just always, it's always touched my soul. And get ready, my soul. Oh, how many of us are willing to step into that idea? Get ready, my soul, because I'm diving in. I'm ready. I'm going for it. Here I go. Here I go. A couple of years ago, one of the breakthroughs that I had a couple of years ago, um, um, I, was in, I, was in, I was in the island of Kauai. Uh, which is the Garden Island as part of the state of Hawaii. Have any of you been to Kauai? Magnificent. It's a magnificent place. And I have been going there every year to support my uh, my peers in in, in this field, uh, Rita Andriello and Patrick Farron, who opened a center on Kauai uh, five years ago. And I go there every year as part of what they call their sacred journey. And it's basically... I always hesitate to use the word retreat because I don't really ever feel like I'm retreating from something. I feel like I'm advancing into something when I'm committing myself to a week-long spiritual practice. And that's what I do when I go there is I'm committing myself to being fully immersed in a spiritual practice for a week. And I let them guide me and I don't have to be the spiritual leader, which is a wonderful thing because sometimes we need to be fed as well. So I was in Kauai a couple of years ago and they were celebrating, uh, I believe it was their it was an uh, their ordination actually i think it was their ordination as ministers in this philosophy and we so one thing i also want to say is we utilize terminology that is common to christianity but that's just the history um you know you get to use whatever term works for you i go to minister i use spiritual leader or whatever just as a point of reference i don't use pastor <laughs> anymore i used to use pastor but anyway, so I was there. They were being ordained as ministers, which is meaning that they, which means that they have committed their lives to pursuing this practice of being spiritual leaders. Now I became ordained, uh, back in 2012. I think it was 2012. So I have committed my life to being in this field and pursuing this and teaching this prince, teaching the two principles that we teach, which is, There's only one power and one presence, one infinite creative resource. We call it love. That's all that exists. And everything is a part of that. Each and every one of us is part of that. That's number one. Number two is the universe operates based on a law of cause and effect. And for everything that shows up in our life, that's the effect. The cause we teach is in mind, is in our consciousness. And so as we change our consciousness, the effect changes. That's kind of the boiler, like the the elevator speech of new thought, right? So I was there celebrating uh, the ordination of my friends, Hutt and Patrick, into their expression of ministry, and I was asked to sing this song as part of their celebration. Now, during that time, I was having some personal difficulty in my life, and uh, that's the details of which are really not important. But what I allowed myself to do, and part of this is, this was in the middle of that week of spiritual practice, is I allowed myself to simply give in to the lyric of the song, to recognize the words of the song had an effect on me. And as I really settled into that, get ready, my soul, boy, I never sang that song better. It never came out with more authenticity. And it was a breakthrough for me. And as I've sung this song over the years, it always emerges as some form of breakthrough. <laughs> I have a very quick side note story. <laughs> I don't so Tyler, you were I think you were there. So when I was serving in Toronto, we did a conference. We did a Canadian conference, a national conference in Toronto. And part of this, part of this conference was the very last event was our Sunday gathering. So we had people from all over Canada, you know, there were probably what, 300 people in the room who came and gathered with us that day to celebrate. And, um, there were a number of us who were all ministers in this philosophy who were uh, in service. And I had asked, um, when I was serving as the spiritual director for the Center for Spiritual Living Toronto, I took over from the previous minister. And so the previous minister was there, I was there. And then the uh, the spiritual leader of the entire organization was there as well. And I was in the middle of the song, and there I was, and I get to this point, and I'm closer, closer, closer to my sacred source. And I don't know if you noticed that I take a little break there closer, closer, closer to my sacred source. And the next thing you know, someone in the front row stands up and says, well, thank you all very much. I have a funeral to get to. I'm sorry I have to leave. Literally, I wasn't done with the song. <laughs> I will never forget that. It was just a funny moment. Breakthroughs. We don't know where the reminders are going to come from. We don't ever know where the reminders are going to come from, right? So part of the work of spirituality and spiritual practice is to live in the constant state of reminder. To begin to observe the world all around us and recognize that everything in our experience is a reminder of the truth of who we are. And when we really, really settle into this, you know, I said, the law of cause and effect, here's cause. Well, you know, the brain isn't cause. Consciousness is the cause. Mind is the cause. And everything that shows up is the effect. So if Whatever shows up in our experience is the effect. That means everything is a reminder of what is behind it, which is consciousness. And when we really settle into this, boy, here I go. I go deeper, deeper and deeper and closer and closer and closer closer to the sacred source, which ultimately is a recognition, a deep recognition that is nothing outside of me. It is the core of my beingness. As Tucson New Thought has unfolded, you know, this is the paradigm that I'm accustomed to. And I'm looking for what's next. I'm looking for the evolution. Because the presentational form of the experience maybe doesn't work so well anymore because people are not necessarily attracted to it. What people are attracted to and the reason people come to these communities is because of that word, community. Because we recognize that there is a connection that we all share. That's a reminder. There's a connection that we all share. So as Tucson New Thought has been finding its way in its expression, it started off with some home group meetings. And then I did this whole several months where I was literally just doing stuff online. And I was putting out these videos every week. And people would watch the videos and they would respond. And that was lovely. But it didn't have that tangible... Feeling of community. There was no like I didn't have people. It was literally me standing in front of a camera every week, and talking at a camera. And that you know that that paradigm had to change. Now I still enjoy doing that. I do still enjoy doing that. You'll see like if you follow us on Facebook. I know not everybody's a Facebook user, but I put up I put up uh, prayer on Facebook, and I do these Wednesday like messages on Facebook. And I'm very prolific on putting stuff out on Facebook. So I was doing these virtual celebrations, and on June 3rd, I did one, and the title of it was Three Keys to a Healing Consciousness. And what those keys are, are love only, love only, forgive everything. That's a challenge for a lot of people, because I can, you can probably come up, if I said, is there something in your life that you can't forgive? Probably mm, the majority of the people in the room would be able to come up with something right away that says, "Uh, I can't forgive that. We're not going to go down that road today. But something to think about. Love only, forgive everything, and remember who you are. Remember who you are. And it comes back to understanding that you are the sacred source embodied. So these are guiding visionary principles. And these were guiding visionary principles for the last two centers where I served. As And, and, and credit I will give to Dr. James Mellon, who was my mentor and teacher. Uh, teacher. He coined them. And they're a distillation of the whole philosophy. We love to complicate everything. Sometimes when you distill it to its core, ah, oh, there it is. There's, there's the diamond. Love only, forgive everything, remember who you are. It really can be that simple. It is that simple. Is it easy? Not necessarily, but it's simple the philosophy is simple love only forgive everything remember who you are does simplicity inherently mean that it's lacking power no sometimes the most simple things are the most powerful we tend to complicate things so much that we end up convincing ourselves that there is power in complication i posted something on facebook this week and it was very simple The message was very simple and I got a very long response to it with someone who was just absolutely convinced that it needed to be more complicated and I didn't, you know, get into it, but simplicity is powerful. When we simplify it, relax into the deepest understanding of who we are. We are love. So therefore love is all that is love only when we are fully loving Here's the trick of part two, the forgive everything. When we are fully immersed in and as love, we recognize that there is nothing that can't be forgiven. Because when we're immersed in love, we recognize, we begin to recognize, this is called radical forgiveness, that there was nothing that needed forgiving in the first place. Again, forgiveness is a whole other talk. (laughs) But remembering who we are. Remembering who I am, the journey of remembering who we are. Here I go deeper, 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 closer, closer, closer. In this book, Ernest Holmes wrote this. The secret of spiritual power lies in a consciousness of one's union with the whole and the availability of good. The secret of spiritual power lies in a consciousness of one's union with the whole and the availability of good. Now, many people are attracted to this philosophy initially because there's this idea that we're teaching that you can get what you want in this world, That it's a philosophy of attraction, the law of attraction, right? If I think the right things, then I will attract those things into my life. And what I'm going to invite you to maybe consider is that it's not about getting, it's about giving, giving of ourselves more and more and more. And when we understand and remember who we are, we are in the most givingness space, that's Terrible English. We are in the most, we are in a space of givingness so deeply and givingness I know is not a word, but I use it all the time. But we are in a space of givingness so deeply that we cannot help but attract to ourselves that which we are like. So when we give love, we receive love. It comes in equal measure. That's the spiritual power. That's the spiritual power that he's talking about here. When we are in a consciousness of our union with the whole. That's the whole philosophy. Our, identify, our identification as the divinity, whatever you want to call it, the creative source, love, light, infinite power, consciousness, universal mind, we use a lot of different words to describe the same thing. And here's the thing about that. I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. The minute we put word to it is the minute that we have limited it in our mind. And it's actually an ineffable thing. We cannot truly grasp the infinite nature of it all. But We try. Our identification as this divinity, the creative source, is what makes life infinitely easier. It becomes not something we use to get. It becomes something we are to give. We forget sometimes, though. That's okay. That's what spiritual practice is all about. Remember who you are. So this week I practiced. I practiced because that's what I've committed my life to doing. I practice, right? If I'm going to stand up here and be a spiritual leader and say, we should practice this. Well, if I'm not practicing it, then I have no ground to stand on. So I was in practice this week and and I decided that I was going to go deeper in one particular area of my life. And that is in the expression of financial well-being that I had to truly come to that place of understanding. This is how financial well-being works. When we understand that we are the infinite abundance of the universe and that that's what we are giving of ourselves from, then we attract the infinite abundance of the universe into our experience, not just as money but as relationships, as love, as everything that shows up. So I was deep in this practice this week because frankly, I would like to have a little more money in my life. So that's the catalyst, right? And being in that practice, but not with the idea that I have to get, here's what happened. Three opportunities for the expansion of my personal finances showed up this week. And there you have it. Not because I was out there trying to get it, but because I was being it. I was letting go and giving in and going deeper and deeper, deeper. Here I go. So divine identification enhances and enriches life. And we get to decide what that enrichment looks like. Emerson said this, No law, Ralph Waldo Emerson, y'all know who he is? (laughs) Ralph Waldo Emerson, Transcendentalist movement. No law can be sacred to me but that of my nature. Good and bad are but names very readily transferable to that or this. The only right is what is after my constitution. The only wrong is what is against it. Shakespeare put a little more easily. There is nothing good or bad, but thinking makes it so. There is nothing good or bad, but thinking makes it so. We're the one who make those kinds of determinations, right? So I get to decide what my life's enrichment looks like. It may look like something bad to somebody else, but that is not my concern. My concern, my my desire is that it is fulfilling for me and harms no one else. So let's spend less time worrying about what other people will think, more time identifying with the truth of our being. (laughs) And you know what will end up happening? (laughs) Because here's, here's, here, sometimes we worry about what other people think. And it's because of this, we feel actually embarrassed by being our true selves. That's why we worry about what other people will think because we think we're going to be judged for it. That's a decision. But here's what I'm going to encourage us all to do. Be true to who you are. Remember who you are. Express that whole wholeheartedly, and you will have a When Harry Met Sally moment. Do you all know that movie? So she's sitting in the diner, right? And she has her experience. And the woman at the next table says, I'll have what she's having. Remember that moment? It's the same with spirituality. When we are fully immersed in our beingness and expressing as that, with abandon, and not allowing ourselves to become embarrassed by what other people will think, here's what happens. We become the way showers. We become the light. And people will look at us and say, I'll have what they're having. I'll have what he's having. I'll have what she's having. We have the opportunity, each and every one of us, to be way showers of a life well lived. We must not let the opinions of others stop us. Remember who you are. That's the antidote. Here I go. Deeper, deeper deeper, closer, closer, closer. And I'm gonna finally say this. There are people who are looking towards spiritual practice because they think it will make them more spiritual. You cannot be any more spiritual than you are right in this moment. You cannot be any more divine than you are right in this moment. Can you express it more freely? Sure, but you cannot be it because the infinite nature of your being, every cell, every fiber, all the space between the atoms of your beingness, it's all divine. You cannot be more than infinite, which is what you are. Each and every one of you, infinite, perfect. So let's take that and let us begin to remember who we are and live life and action accordingly. Namaste. Thoughts Are Things is an independently produced podcast. You can check out my blog, sign up for regular updates, or leave a comment on what you've heard today by visiting jonathanzens.com. Also, check out the latest on the development of the spiritual community I am founding in Tucson, Arizona, by liking our page on Facebook. Use the search function on Facebook and look up the page by typing in Tucson New Thought. Finally, my book, Thoughts Are Things, is now available on Amazon.com. Just look up Jonathan Zenz at Amazon and order your copy today.